Well, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. We're continuing, of course, our study of prayer. We've been looking at this great study for a long time. This is lesson 15. I think we got 18, and so we'll be through pretty soon. And prayer, as you know, as we've said many times, is just talking to God, and we can come to Him anytime, anyplace, anywhere, and all those kind of things. But uh, as we think about the goals of our study, we said this. This is what we wanted. We wanted to understand prayer. Because sometimes people are not sure what it is. And then we wanted to realize the importance of prayer. We also looked at the life of Christ. And then we're looking at our own lives in the church. And then we wanted to be men and women of prayer. The goal is that we'd be prayers. That we would pray and talk to God and do all kind of things. What we've seen over these weeks, we saw that prayer is just talking to God. We looked at the importance of prayer in the life of Christ. And here's Jesus doing all this ministry. And yet he gets up very early in the morning and goes out by himself and spends time with the Heavenly Father. And that's what we should do. We looked at the different types of prayers. We looked at the Lord's Prayer, which actually is, you know, it's kind of funny. We looked at the Lord's Prayer. It's been several weeks ago in here, but just probably next week on Sunday morning, as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, there'll be the Lord's Prayer. So you already know it. You're already ready for that part. And we talked about the different methods and manners of prayer and those kind of things. And then last week, we started talking about praying for each other. And we always want, we always talk about praying for each other. Most of the time, people come up and say, "Hey, pray for me. I got this going on." Or pray for me. I got this going on. And that's what we do. We call this intercessory prayer, where we make intercession for somebody else. And we and it's really important that we pray for one another. I think it's vital. And uh, we see that Paul prayed. In fact, there are prayers all throughout Paul's letters. And one of the things I want us to think about is Paul's prayer. And what did he do? He, you know, we, we often pray for physical and material things. Pray for me, I hurt my arm. Pray for this, uh, I've got this. And then we pray for material things. Pray for us because we're trying to decide to buy this or not. You know, that kind of. Paul's prayer was about spiritual growth. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for things. But I want us to also think about praying for growth and that sort of thing. And so this morning, we're going to look at that. We're going to look at different places. Some of it will go really quickly over. And then a couple, one place we're going to really sort of highlight, and we'll see that as we do this. When I lived in Mississippi, uh, I had a good friend named uh, David and good, good friends, David and Karen Jones. Uh, David was in my wedding. Karen was, I, I think, one of the greatest ladies I ever met. She's so special that when you, t- when you were talking to her, uh, you, you felt like that she thought you were the only person in the world. I mean, she just looked right at you and talked right to you, and she, didn't, she wasn't distracted by anything around. She was just one of those great, great people. Uh, she was a really good friend of mine, and she got lung cancer and died, and it broke, broke my, my hearts. And um, she told me every morning she prayed for her husband, David, and she prayed... Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. So you can write that down because that's what we're going to look at a little bit later. We're going to look at Colossians 1, 9 through 12, and we're going to talk about what if we pray that for each other? Or what if you said, okay, I'm married, I'm going to pray for my husband. I'm married, I'm going to pray for my wife. I'm, I'm going to pray for one of my best friends. I'm going to pray for somebody else. I'm going to pray this will happen in their lives. And so we're going to see that as we talk through it. I think it's one of the great passages in the Bible and uh, we'll take some time to look at it. Now, what we did, 
is when we talked about intercessory prayer, we talked about two different things. We talked about praying for salvation and praying for growth. In other words, praying that people will come to know Christ and then praying that people will grow. And so last week, we spent the idea on salvation. And we want other people to trust in Jesus Christ and we want to be ready to share. And we talked about looking for opportunities and being prepared, being ready to share your faith. And I told you this, and let me just say this over and over. If you said to yourself, okay, I'd like to be able to share my faith. I would like to tell people, you know, I will even look for the opportunity thing and I'll write down a list and I'll write down people's name. But I'm so scared that I won't be able to know what to say. Or what if I start talking to them about Christ and they kind of ask me all kind of things? Well, the truth is this. You can't know all the answers of the Bible. If you waited till any, you could get to the point that you could answer any question anybody had asked you, you'll never share your faith. And the bottom line is when you're sharing your faith, it's not these other questions. You go back to the issue of Jesus Christ. And we already know that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, sin that they have not believed. So when you're talking to people about Christ, the Holy Spirit's convicting them that they have not believed in Christ. That's why you stay on that issue. The second thing is, as we talked last week, one of the things that's helped me, and years and years ago, I mean, I've, I've had like methods, and I had what I called bad news and good news, and all these kinds. But lately, in the last years, I've just narrowed it down to John 3.16. I just take that one verse... And when you talk to somebody, just say, you know, God so loved the world, that's us, that he gave his son Jesus to die and rise again, that whosoever anyone would believe in him is not works but faith, would never perish, never be separated from God, but have what? Eternal life. And so we trust in Christ for eternal life. So everybody, when I say everybody, we all know John 3.16. Some of the people we're talking to don't. Now, that's, that seems strange to many of us if we're a little bit older because in our culture, in my growing up days, it didn't matter whether anybody went to church or not. Everybody knew what John 3.16 was. Nowadays, there's a whole people that they don't, they've never read the Bible. They've never gone to church. They're, the culture in the United States has changed so much. And if you even say sometimes John 3.16, there are people who do not know what it is. So you can't just automatically say, well, you know John 3.16, but you could say something like, you know, here in the Bible, there's a verse, John 3.16, here's what it says. And since you know that, you can use that verse and you can also show them from the Bible. So we talked last week about sharing our faith and looking for opportunities and, and not being afraid. Just say, okay, they can ask me any question, but if I say, I say, I don't know the answer to that, but let's go back to the issue of Jesus Christ and what he did for you and will you trust in him for eternal life? That's what you always do, go back to that issue. Well, this morning, the, the second thing is talking about growth. And, and, you know, when we pray, we pray things like this. We, we pray for health, you know, we pray for events, we pray for things. But we also, there ought to be prayer for our spiritual growth. Now, let me just say this. There's nothing wrong with saying, I got a big test coming up, will you pray for me? I hurt my knee, would you pray when I go to the doctor, it'll be okay. We got somebody in the hospital, they're going to have surgery, would you pray for me? There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But what I see, it seems, is that almost every prayer request we get, when we say, anybody got prayer requests? It's never about somebody's spiritual growth, and it's not usually about somebody's salvation. It's usually about something that's going on in their life or somebody else's life. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I also want us to begin to think about praying for spiritual growth. 
for people that are close in our lives, and we want to we want to do that. There are physical, emotional, and spiritual, and 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 and, and material needs that we need, but we got to pray for growth. I want you to look at something, Ephesians four. All of you know that uh, Ephesians four twelve is one of our famous verses. We know that our purpose of our church is Matthew twenty eight eighteen through twenty, which is to make disciples. The plan which we're going to carry that out is Ephesians four eleven through sixteen, but Ephesians four twelve is the key verse. Equip the saints to do the ministry to build up the body of Christ. So as you're in Ephesians there, verse 11 says he gave some as apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastor teachers. He gave these people, why? For the equipping of the saints. That's us. That's all of us. For the work of the service. That's for us to do ministry so the body can grow, not only spiritually but numerically. In fact, in the flow of this passage and in almost every place you see growth in the Bible, it is spiritual growth, not numerical growth. Now, they sometimes talk, especially in the book of Acts, and they'll say 5,000 people, 3,000 people trusted Christ. They give some numbers. But when Paul writes Ephesians, he's not talking about numerical growth in the church at Ephesus. He's talking about spiritual growth. And I want you to see that just for a second. It says, he, for the equipment of the saints, do the work of the ministry, the building up of the body of Christ. Look what it says. Until, until we, believers, all obtain to the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the fullness of Christ. So when we see Ephesians uh, uh, verse 13, he's talking about that we all want to become mature. Isn't that the plan? That we become mature. Look what he goes on to say in the next verse. As a result, we're no longer children tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. And let me just say this, and I know I'm, I, I don't want to get off on the subject because I want us to get to this other thing, but you realize that you've got to get to a point where you're no longer children, where you're tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine. You turn on the radio and you hear some guy say something. You come to church and you hear me say something. They may not be the same and you go, I don't know which one to believe. You've got to get to the point where you know what you believe and why you believe it. And that's so you're not children going back and forth by every wind of doctrine. But I want you to notice this verse says, by the trickery of men and craftiness in deceitful scheming. Do you understand that there are people out there who on purpose teach things that are wrong and they know they're wrong and they try to fool people to get them into their camps? I just want you to understand that. There are trick people who are tricking other people to bring them in. And so what we want to do is no, we want to mature and we want to no longer be children. And then look what the next verse says. But speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ. We're to grow up to be like Christ. That's who we're supposed to be like. We're supposed to look like Christ, supposed to be like Christ. And then I love the last verse because he says this. From whom the whole body is fitted and held together by every joint supplies. And then look at this verse. According to the proper working of each individual part, it causes the growth of the body for the building of self and love. That means every person, every Christian in the body of Christ, especially in a local church, each one serving causes the growth of the body. That's why a person who says, well, I'm a Christian, I go to this church, but, you know, I, I just go, and I go on Sunday morning, and I leave, I really don't have a connection, then the body is not functioning the way it should. Because every person in the body is important. It's sort of like saying, well, my thumb doesn't work, but it doesn't matter. Well, you know, you can't pick up a lot of things without a thumb. And you could say, well, it doesn't matter because my big toe doesn't matter. But then you try, you just try to go somewhere without your big toe working, right? And that's what happens in the body of Christ. There are so many Christians 
who do not serve at all, and they don't realize that it's got to be what it says, according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body. So every one of us have gifts, talents, and abilities, and we've got to use those for, for us to grow. And so I want you to understand, Ephesians 4 is not about numerical growth. If we all are sharing our faith, if we're leading people to Christ, if we're, if we're bringing people in, if we're discipling people, most likely there will be numerical growth. But the Bible is emphasizing spiritual growth. So we want to talk about spiritual growth. And in 2 Peter 3.18, he says, grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. So I've got some things that I put here before we even look at some of the verses. I got some things that I said, wouldn't we be good that we pray for each other, that these things would happen in our lives? And I put these like here. That pray, wouldn't it be good that we pray that we'd be filled with the Spirit? Now, being filled with the Spirit is different than indwelled. The moment you trust in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. Being filled with the Spirit means you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we would pray that that each one of us would live our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit, that we would study the Word of God. We could pray for each other and say, I pray that each one of us will take time on a, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, that we actually study the Bible. And then that we'd pray for each other that we would offer our lives, ourselves in service, that we would actually live for Jesus Christ. There are people, listen, I know that I trusted Christ when I was 19. It wasn't until I was 25 that I said, Lord, I want my life to count for you. I am sure there were some people in between my age 19 and my age 25, 26 that prayed that maybe I would start growing as a Christian, that I would offer my life, that I would serve God. We pray for each other that we put on the armor of God. Paul says, put on the armor of God that you may stand. Uh, A lot of us, we're going through life without the armor. We need to pray for each other that we put on the armor. Then we pray that we trust God in the situations of life. Be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known. Trust God in the situations. And then in 2 Thessalonians 3.1, share our faith. So those are just things I came up with just off the top of my head and said, wouldn't this be good things to pray for each other? If we're going to pray for our growth, if we're filled with the Spirit, study the Bible, live for Christ, put on the armor, trust Him, and share our faith, we'd say those would all be good things that we should pray for each other for. Do you agree with this? Is this, is this okay? Okay, now what I, what I decided to do was, uh, is look in the Bible for the prayers of somebody like Paul. Because we, we all trust Paul. Uh, when, I, when I think about Paul, I think of probably one of the greatest people ever. I mean, when you start thinking about the Bible, you say, well, Jesus, of course, is the greatest one ever. And then you think about Noah and how amazing Noah was. And then you think about Abraham. And, and then you think about David. And you think about, uh, you know, Daniel, how incredible he was. You think about John the Baptist. You think about Peter and what leadership. But you get to Paul and you say, you know, Paul was so unique because he was so smart educated, knew all the languages. He just knew everything. And yet his whole life was to live for Jesus Christ. Now, until he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, he was the opposite. He was, his whole life was to persecute the followers of Christ. And when he met Jesus, turned his whole life around. So what did Paul pray for? What did he pray for when he prayed for the Ephesians or when he prayed for the Philippians or when he paid, prayed for the Colossians? And so what I wanted to do is I just... I, I, I just put something up, okay? And here, here's one. Here's Paul when he is praying for the Ephesians, okay? And this is uh, Ephesians three, fourteen, uh, uh, basically through nineteen. Let me just show you something. 
If he was praying for you, what if he said this? For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom the whole, every family in heaven and earth gets its name. Everybody comes from God. That he would grant you, each one of us in this room, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. He's saying that you'd be filled with God's power. And then look what he goes on to say. And so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you would be rooted and grounded in love. You know, most Christians aren't rooted and grounded. That's why when all things go wrong, a lot of people fall away. It doesn't mean fall away from the faith. It doesn't mean they lose their salvation. It means they quit growing, they quit trusting God, because they're not rooted and grounded in the truth. He's praised that we'd be rooted and grounded. And then look what he goes on to say, and that we would may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses all knowledge. We'd live in God's power. We'd be rooted and grounded in the truths of the Bible, and we would know God's love. Wouldn't that be good to pray for each other? That's what Paul prayed for the people there. But there's more. Think about this one. This, this is a good one. Here's Philippians 1, 9-11. What does he pray for the Philippians? He says, this I pray. That your love may abound. Listen, that your love may abound more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. That you, you know about love. That you may approve the things that are excellent. You know what that's saying? That you know what's best rather than what's good. See, we got choices all day long. And Paul is praying that we'd make the wisest, best choices. There's a lot of times we'll say, that's a good thing. This is a better thing. He says, we'll pray that you may, uh, with all knowledge and discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent. In order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ, you'd know the best things. You would be holy, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness. Look what he says. That you'd know God's love. That you'd know the best things. That you'd be holy. That'd be good to pray. Be amazing, wouldn't it? Now, some of you look at me like, what are we doing this for? Because this is what you need. We need this a lot more than praying for somebody's cousin who's twice removed, who's got a broken fingernail, right? This is, we need to pray for each other that our spiritual growth. And that takes us to my favorite one. And this is the one that Karen pay, and I say Karen because that's how she pronounced her name. I know her name was Karen. She's from Mississippi, and she called herself Karen, and I always called her Karen too because that's what her name was. And Karen, that I want to highlight this prayer, and it's Colossians 1, 9 through 12. If you've got it in front of you, you can flip over there because there, there's, there's a lot here, but I want you to see this, and, I, and I've got it written on your thing, so you don't have to write anything down. I want you to see this. He says, for this reason. Since the day we heard of it, we've not ceased to pray for you. Okay, who do you pray for every day? Who do you pray for every day? I want you to stop and think for a minute. Who do you pray for every day? It may be your children. It may be your spouse. It may be some of your family. It may be some of your closest friends. Maybe you have a little book and you sit down and you pray for certain people every day. Why don't you tomorrow... When you get up and you get ready to pray for the people you pray for every day, why don't you say, for this reason, since the day we heard, we not cease to pray for you and to do what? And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you would know God's will. 
pray for Riley. Pray for Catherine. Pray for Sarah. Pray for Jean. Pray for Bonita. That they would know God's will in their lives. But there's more. And, and so that, not only that, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. That you'd walk worthy of your calling. You're a child of God. That we'd live out who we are. That people would say, that person's different and unique because we're, we're lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which we're walking worthy of our calling as children of God. So he says, you know God's will. That you'd walk worthy. And then he says, and to be pleasing him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, that we'd be fruitful, that we'd see fruit in our lives, that we'd see people come to know Christ, we'd see people grow, that you'd pray for those people that you know and love, and you would say, Lord, I want them to know your will. I want them to walk worthy. I want them to produce fruit. And look at the last thing, increasing. We're not through, but this is the last on this thing. Increasing in the knowledge of God. Pray that they'd know God. Pray that they would increase in the knowledge of God. And then look at this strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the obtaining of all steadfastness and patience that you'd be strengthened with God's strength. And then last but not least, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Pray that we'd know God's will. Pray that they'd walk worthy. Pray that they'd produce fruit. Pray that they would grow in their knowledge of God. Pray that they'd have God's strength. And pray that they would be thankful. Would that be good to pray for the people you love the most? Just start with the people you pray for every day. Surely, we all pray for some people every day. Is that right? Don't we pray for some people every day? It may be our kids. It may be our spouse. It may Who knows? It may be our very best friend, whoever. Would you want to pray that that person would know the will of God, that they'd walk worthy of their calling, that they'd be producing fruit, that they would grow in the knowledge of God, they would have his strength, and they would be thankful. Now that's a prayer to pray for each other. So if you want to pray a prayer for me, I mean, pray the dizziness gets over it, that's good, it's almost gone. Thank you for that prayer. How about praying this prayer for me? Write that down. Pray that for me as your pastor. Just say, okay, whenever I pray for JB, I'm going to pray those six things. That he would know the will of God, that he'd walk worthy of the calling, that he'd be produce, producing fruit, that he would grow in his knowledge of God, that he would live in God's strength, and he'd be thankful. I want you to do that for me. And then anybody else you want to. Because then you're praying for my growth and your growth. That's what we want. So what are we seeing? What are we seeing before we go to our group? List the names of those to pray for, right? Write some names down. You know, I have my little book. I should have brought it. I should have brought it in. I have a book. And, and you open it up, and then it has names of people that I pray for every day. And then I turn the page, and there's people I pray for on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now, I also have this little thing that a person showed me a long time ago. I should have brought it. One of those little three-by-five cards. You fold it, and you fold it again, and it becomes eight sections. They're only about that big, each section. And on one section I put every day. And there are people right there. I pray. Then I go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then I flip it over Thursday, Friday. And so on one side, so every day I pull that little thing out. If it's Tuesday, I pray for the people on Tuesday. I pray for the everyday people right there. So if I don't even have my little book with me, 
I still can pray for all these people. I do both. I have my book with me and this. And so some of you get prayed for twice in one day. It's true. There's many of you, most of you, I mean, I look around this room, most of you are on my list. Have most of you or many of you gotten a letter from me? Have I ever written you a letter? Uh huh. I got a list. And when I write those letters, I also pray for you. But there are some of you that I pray for every day. And some of you I pray for like on a Tuesday. I'm sorry, maybe a Wednesday, maybe a Thursday. And you should do the same. So get the list of the names. And then the second thing is pray for growth to become more like Christ. And pray Colossians 1, 9 through 12. Pray those things, those five or those six things that are there. Wouldn't it be great if each one of us were praying for each other those six things? Now, that doesn't mean we don't pray for tests and doctor's visits and something going wrong. And We can pray for everything because he says, be anxious for nothing but everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known. So we can ask any prayer request we want to. But let's pray for our growth.